All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 17. John chapter 17 tonight. I'm wearing the uh, new tie that uh, the Lighthouse class gave me. Amen. You flip it over and it says, uh, Whitfield Baptist 40th Anniversary, Dr. Wayne Cofield, 2018. So if I ever lose this tie, I can find it. Amen. And knowing me, I might lose my tie. I hope not, though. That's good. Picked up a little girl this uh, afternoon, Connie and I, to come to uh, church, and she said, I want you to know that I have not missed one Sunday in a year, except last Sunday when um, our family was moving and I was stuck at my grandparents, and so she was, she was uh, proclaiming her faithfulness, and I thought, praise the Lord for that, and the little girl's excited about coming to church, amen, so she lives now off of Lord Dugout Road, and so some of y'all that live down that way might can be a blessing to her and her family. Her daddy uh, was uh, raised in this church or came on the bus route when he was a little boy, Eric Massey. Not the Eric Massey that helped start the church, but uh, another one, so that's a blessing. So glad that little girl was excited about coming to church. Pray for the Master Club, pray for uh, the youth meeting. A lot goes on uh, back there, amen, while we're preaching and teaching the Word of God, Amen. All right, uh, John chapter 17, let's read verses 6 through 8, and tonight we're preaching on uh, how Jesus is praying for you, and in particular, he starts praying for the discipleships, and we see some dynamic principles of discipleship. A disciple is apprentice. A disciple is uh, uh, one that uh, is trained, and it's more caught than you are taught, and uh, it's a discipleship means that you're totally committed to being like Jesus Christ. And, and uh, he prays for his disciples and prays for his disciples to be real disciples. And we're going to describe five or six ways how Jesus Christ is um, um, demanding and calling and equipping his disciples to be what they ought to be. So let's stand on the Word of God, verse 6 through 8. And I really wish you'd pray for me in the morning. I'll be preaching at Calvary Baptist Church in in uh, Tunnel Hill, right before Brother Sammy Allen, and right before the Morrison sisters uh, sing, so I know they'll want me out of the way. So I want to lay it on the line and do it quick. I told Brother Eddie, I said, I could just uh, preach about 10 minutes if you want me to. And he says, no, we're not here to have singing fellowship. We're not here just for one preacher to preach. We want you to rear back and preach. And so that's dangerous to tell any preacher that, but we're going to try. So uh, tonight, I want to be a blessing too. Because this chapter is such, so rich. It says, I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee, for I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them. And they have known surely that I came out from thee, and they believe that thou didst sent me. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for these principles of discipleship, and Lord, especially uh, the need for the Word of God as we pray. And God, as we uh, seek your will and know your will, Lord, and God, we just thank you so much for your Word. And God, we thank you that this church is built on your Word, it will continue on your Word, and Lord, we'll uh, see your word prosper and bring forth fruit and bring glory to your name if we will yield to it and walk the walk and not just talk the talk. Lord, I pray for there's any that's lost here tonight that be saved because Lord, they'll never understand the word until they know the author of the word and have the resident teacher of the spirit of God, as you said in your scriptures in John 14, 26, Lord, to teach them as the word of God's preached and taught and read their lives. So Lord, please save someone. And Lord, thank you for these that's gathered here. Thank you for the health that you've given and strength to be here. Pray for these that's listened by way of internet. That you bless them in their homes. And we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. As I said, discipleship is, is a very popular subject in a lot of churches today. Uh, but it was, it was popular in the New Testament. 264 times in the New Testament we find in, uh, in the four Gospels and Acts, the word disciple, disciple. Uh, in the New Testament days, disciples are someone who 
bound themselves to a teacher in order to learn both their theory and their practice and uh, their subject or their trade. And so they were called apprentice. A lot of people are, are like that. I know when I was going through college, I worked for Acoustic Sealing Company, and uh, I was training to be uh, the manager of that company. And it was a Christian company. And thank God the Lord called me out of all that insulation and that acoustic ceiling company. Praise the Lord. I'll tell you what, that stuff was of the devil, that insulation. It would get down your neck and your throat and your everything. It was just terrible. I can tell you some stories about that insulation. But I, I remember I would attach myself to the, to the manager and I'd, do, I'd learn everything about that business. But I want to tell you something, a disciple of the Lord is more important. and We ought to train others. And Jesus praying for his disciples and first of all, the first principle of discipleship is that we belong to the Father. Look at verse 6. It says, I have manifest thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Now, folks, I want to tell you something. We're not our own. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19 and 20 are some of my favorite verses in the Word of God. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 19 and 20, What? Know ye not that you're not your own? Uh, that you're, that you're, it says, uh, what, know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and you're not your own? For ye have, you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. Folks, these hands are not my own, these eyes are not my own, this bald head is not my own, this brain that uh, works sometimes, and, and maybe I do need my name on my tie, uh, it, it, it's not my own, Amen. And, and, and we belong to Jesus. We're not to be managers of our life. We're just to be good stewards of, the, of what God has given us and that He entrusts us with the divine calling to be His disciple and to be His man of God and His lady of God. And folks, we ought to disciple others and we ought to train others. And that means that we need to walk that way first. So verse 6, the believer is the Father's love gift to the Son. That's why I know we don't lose our salvation because uh, the Father's not going to take back the gift He gives His Son. Neither is He going to take back the gift that He gives you as a child of God. It's a free gift. We didn't work for it, and we don't uh, unwork to uh, climb down a ladder to, to lose it. We didn't get there by climbing a ladder. We got there by the cross. And so, folks, what sense the disciples belong to the Father? First by creation, and then by recreation. And then by sustaining, God has created us and sustained us for His glory. And we ought to realize that God has called us not just to be a pew warmer or a, just a believer, which is a high honor, but God's called us to be a disciple. And folks, the sad uh, record of man, humanity is that creation has de-evolved. Look at Romans chapter 1 and verse 18. Uh, a lot of people think we've evolved. No, we've de-evolved. We went away from the Garden of Eden. We went away from paradise. Well, paradise has been lost. And folks, listen, there's a world out there that's going the wrong direction. And if you're not growing you're, you're, uh, you're, uh, and you're stale in your Christian life, you're not fulfilling the very prayer that God prayed for. Jesus prayed for you to be His disciple. He said, I pray for them that you have given me and that you've given me out of the world. And so he said, you have given me. And so when he said, you have given me, that means that you are bought with a price. You are sustained for a, uh, for a priceless uh, uh, calling and that God wants you to be his disciple. Folks, discipleship is a high calling. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 1, verse 18, and this is the, it says, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness, unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. And he goes on to say that, uh, that we have de-evolved. In verse uh, 19 it says, Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown unto them, for the invisible things of, from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even that eternal power and Godhead, so they are without excuse. And so God reveals himself as the God. But, but listen to verse 21. This is the disgrace of de-evolution. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their own imaginations, and their foolish hearts was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. They changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into the image 
uh, made like in the corruptible man, and to the birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. They became idolaters. And wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Now here, here, here's what I want you to see. And the state of Georgia is trying to cater to Amazon, and so they're not, they're not letting any of the uh, faith-based adoption agency discriminate against same-sex marriage. And therefore, Georgia is going to allow uh, two queers to raise children, two lesbians to raise children, two, two uh, homosexuals to raise a child. And that's so sad because they're afraid they'll fend Amazon from coming to Atlanta and it'll hurt money. And folks, listen, this is, what, this is definitely against the Word of God. The Bible says in verse 24, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the Creator, creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. In other words, they became their own God and said they can be who they want to. They can be a boy or girl or, or uh, they can marry a, a woman or a man. And it says, for this cause man... God gave them up to vile afflictions, for even their women did change their natural use unto that which was against nature. Now listen to this, 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 this description of where men are going. It says, And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of women burned in their own lust one towards another. How sick and sinful. Men with men working, listen, working another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of error which was me. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, they gave them over to reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispering, I'm reading every word for a purpose, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful prayer, boasters, and, and uh, listen to this, inventors of evil things. And then disobedient to parents, right in the middle of that. Without understanding, covenant breakers. Without natural affection. What's natural affection? That a mother love a child. That a father love a child. There's no child abuse in the Bible. And there's no same-sex marriage in the Bible. Listen to this now. It says, implacable, unmerciful. And here's what really gets me. It says, who knowing that judgment of God and they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but they have pleasure in them that do them. Then we're entertained by sin. Pleasure in them that do them. The fastest growing movies and the most uh, uh, box office uh, uh, victories for Hollywood are those of, of crime, of sin, uh, distasteful. And folks, we have, we have now come to a place where there's a lot of things going on that are despicable an abomination before God. And that's what happens when we don't realize that we're created to be saved. And we're created not only to be saved, but to be disciples, and, to, um, and that we need God, and that we're created to serve God, and the greatest liberty on this earth is the will of God. But the will of God is not without restrictions. God has a definement for your being. He has a he has, a, he has a purpose for your being. He made you male and female. He made you to be parents. He, he made you to be uh, uh, loving and kind and without natural affection. And he arranged this all before birth. Psalms 139. Look at verse, Psalms 139, verse 13 through 16. I want to make a point here. We belong to God. And the world is fastly de-evolving and going away from the things of God and and wicked imaginations. In Psalms 139, a great, a great, great chapter. Look at it real quick. Uh, Job, Psalms 130. That's what I like about Wednesday. We have time just to, to study the Word of God and read it and meditate on it and take our time. Psalms 139, and look at uh, verse, uh, let's go down to verse 13. Some powerful verses on when life begins. And it's at conception. It says, For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You ought to accept yourself as who you are. Uh, just because you don't feel like being a boy, you're still a boy. And uh, praise God, dress in white socks and put on some boots. And go out and climb a tree, amen? Don't go hug a doll. 
Amen. You know, be a man. Amen. I'm preaching now. Go ahead and back me up. But it says, does everybody believe that in here? Amen. Okay, please say amen. But I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made, marvelous are works, and that my soul knoweth right well. Folks, we ought to praise God for who we are. You ought to accept yourself. Because I want to tell you why you ought to accept yourself. Because if you don't accept yourself, you will not accept your mate. And you'll be a critical, cynical, insecure person. And you ought to accept yourself because you're accepting your Creator and what He's done in your life. I don't mean that you can't change some things and go on diets and, you know, go to wash your hair once a week or something, but I'm talking about you need to realize who you are and not try to be somebody else. But look at the next verse. This is powerful. My substance, that's where we get the word embryo. My substance was not hid, in the Hebrew now, was not hid from thee when I was made in secret. Is that, is that a picture of a baby in a womb? And it says, And curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, thine eyes did see my substance, my embryonic state, not some embryonic cells that are not a real person. Life begins at conception. Yet being unperfect, there you are, developing. Amen? But listen to this. And to the... And to thy books, all my members were written. He knew that you'd be brown-eyed, blonde-headed. No, that don't go together. Blue-eyed and blonde-headed. He knew you'd be no-hair-headed. He knew that you'd have. He knew you'd be short. He knew you'd be. Uh, I won't say fat. Uh, chubby. Uh, he knew that. You, he knew that before you was even born. It's all in your chromosomes. Your X, Y, and Z. Say Amen. I took biology, you don't look at me like that. It says, now eyes did I see the substance being imperfect, and the book of all my members were written, which is continuous, were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God, how great is the sum of them. I'm getting to a point now to tell you that disciples belong to God, and you're created for a reason. And folks, without, let me just say this. If you're not saved, you're out of sync with your Creator. Don't expect things to go good, and don't expect God to bless your life if you're in rebellion against the living God by being lost. Folks, listen, to be saved means you're in union with the very purpose that God allowed you to be born. And if you were born to glorify Him. Look at verse 18. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sands. When I wake, I, I, will still, I am still with thee. Surely thou wilt slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, ye bloody men. For they speak against thee wickedly, and thine enemies take thy name in vain. Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee? Am I not grieved with those that rise up against thee? And shake their fists at God and say, I'm not what you told me I was, what I was going to be. I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them mine enemies. And here's the whole crux of the matter. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And he does. And see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the path of, of the way. Lead me in the, the way everlasting. Now here's a beautiful picture of God's creation and creating you. And we go back to his prayer and he said, Lord, thank you for the gift of those that are saved. And folks, he's saying, in essence, they have manifested thy name. Unto, uh, I have manifested thy name unto, unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. And they were, and, and, thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. So the first thought that I have is that uh, folks, God uh, created us to serve the Lord. God created us to glorify His name. God created us as a gift to the Son from the Father. That's precious definition of why we're here. And we're not here to satisfy the lust and turn to animals' lust and to turn that which is unnatural and, to, and, and have a natural affection and, and, and shake our fist at God and say, I'm not even what you created me to be. And that's abomination. But I'll tell you what is also abomination is being lost 
and out of union with your Creator and not submitting to the living God as your Savior and your Lord. And so the Father, uh, the Father number one, uh, the first principle of discipleship is we belong to the Father. Number two, the Father gave the Word to the Son. Now here it is. This talks about what God thinks about the Word of God. Uh, the Bible says that He gave the Word to His Son. Now look at John 12, 49 for an explanation of that. He said, he said, he said Thou gavest me out of the Word, Thine they were, and Thou gavest them me, and they have kept the Word. It says, I have manifested Thy name unto men, which Thou gavest me out of the world, world, and Thine are they, and then it says, verse 7, Now they have known that all things whatsoever Thou hast, given me are of thee, for I have given unto them the word, here it is, which thou gavest me. That's the point I want to make, number two. He gave the word to Jesus. He gave the word to Jesus from heaven when he was walking this earth. And I want to show you his testimony of that, John 12 and verse 49. John 12, verse 49. The Bible says this, For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me. He gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. Now I want you to see some other verses, because this needs explanation from the Word of God. John 7, verse 16. John 7, verse 16. Then we'll stay in John 8. John 7, verse 16. And I want to go to verse 17 also. John 7, 16 and 17. It says, Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine. How about that? He said, But his that sent me, if any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. Now turn to John 8, verse 26. 8, 26. been accused of going too fast. Verse 26, I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true. I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. They understood not that he spake to them of the Father. Now look at verse 28. Then said Jesus to them, when ye have lifted up the Son of man, then shall ye know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father has taught me, I speak these things. Now, look at verse 38 in closing in this chapter. It says, I speak that, I, I speak that which I have seen with my Father, and you do that which ye have seen with your Father. And so he's saying, listen, it, the intimate fellowship of the Trinity is beyond my mind. But it said that there was an intimacy between the Father and the Son as He ministered on this earth. He did not speak His own words, that God's Word was given to Him. And then number three, we see that uh, uh, the Son gave the words to the disciples. This is amazing. Verse 8 says, For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and, and he said, I've given them to them. And so what God gave Jesus, Jesus gave them. And he's praying they'll take it and receive it. It's, it's through the words that the Son revealed the Father to them. Look at verse 6. It says, I have manifest thy name unto the men which thou gavest me. And that's through the word. And today we have the word. Now I want to tell you, what there's a divine couplet here. And that is this, the Word and prayer. It goes together. They go together. Uh, if you do not study the Word of God, adhere to the Word of God, and live the Word of God, then I'm going to tell you, your prayers will not be accepted. Matter of fact, the Bible says they're abomination or they stink in the eyes of God or the nostrils of God. Look at Proverbs, I believe it's 29. Proverbs 29, I should have marked this. Proverbs 29, I believe it is. Uh, Y'all know where I'm going, but let's go there anyway. Psalms, Proverbs 29, powerful verse. Um, and I wish I'd, I wish I'd, okay. 
It's 28, Proverbs 28, verse 9. He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayers shall be an abomination. Now, folks, I don't want to, I don't want a prayer this abomination. And, folks, the Bible says, He that turneth away his ears from hearing the law. I don't have to go to church. I'll just stay at home on the log, Brother Larry, and pray all day. Pray while I shoot Bambi on Sunday morning. No, the Bible says if you turn your ear away from hearing the Word of God, didn't say hearing the Blue Jays and the squirrels preaching to you. It said if you turn your ears away from the law, then your prayers will become an abomination to God. Why? Because you'll pray amiss, that you might consume it upon your own lust. Folks, the Word of God is the will of God. And folks, we just can't pray our will. We must pray His will be done. And so there's a principle here for disciples. They ought to be men of prayer. They ought to be men that belong to Him. They ought to be men that are yielded, and this includes ladies, men, mankind, and ladies that are yielded to Him, but yielded not only to the Spirit, but to the Word. When holy men of God wrote the Word of God, they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. How many believe that? Brother Jeremy, in a few Sunday nights from now, is going to, uh, going to teach you why we believe the King James Bible is the preserved, inerrant Word of God. And he'll show you the history of it and show you the root cause of it and why you need to know that. And amen, not just say, well, bless God, I'm King James Bible only. No, you need to know why you are. And he's going to take three Sunday nights to do it. And so I'm excited about that series. But I want you to see this. I want you to turn to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20. Real quick, a, a disciple loves the Word of God. A disciple heeds to the Word of God. A disciple uh, obeys the Word of God. And the disciple believes that the Word of God is from God. It is the Word of God. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 20. Y'all know the verses, but we've got to look at it. The Bible says this. We belong to the Father. The Father gave the Word to the Son. Now the Son gave the words to the disciples. And verse 20 says, knowing this, 2 Peter 1, knowing this, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. That's the perversions of the Scriptures. It says, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Folks, it's moved by the Holy Ghost. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3, please. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Look at verse... 13, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Folks, we're at that state. We're, this world is the worst time I've ever seen it, as far as abomination and crime. But here's verse 14. Said, this is how we're going to make it. But continue thou in the things which thou have learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child, from a child now, thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ. All scriptures given by inspiration. That means it's God breathed of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, what is right, for reproof, what is not right, for correction, how to get right, and for instruction, how to stay right in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. So here's a relationship that you need to know, and we'll, we'll, we'll conclude in a minute. The fact that Jesus called the Word of God truth makes it inspired. The fact that God sent it from heaven to him makes it inspired. And folks, the fact that the Word of God says about the Word of God that it's inspired, it's inerrant, it's preserved, Folks, it's, it, it's the Word of God. So there's several things that this prayer, go back to John 17, teaches in closing about the Word of God. Number one, it teaches God's Word is divine in origin. I won't go into that because we're going to have a whole series on it. It's the truth. Uh, in the Old Testament, the prophet said, Thus saith the Lord. And the Lord said, uh, and that's exactly what they meant. It wasn't their prophetic words. It was God's Word. And then number two, the Word of God is a gift from God. Next slide, please. The Word of God is a gift. You got it. It's a gift of God. Uh, it's divine in origin, but it's a gift from God. Look at chapter 17, verse 8. 
For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me. That's a gift. He says, I've given it to them. That's a gift. It's a gift from God. Look at verse 14. It says, um, I have given them thy word, and the, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. So don't expect to be so popular. I was really upset at the paper. Uh, they always gave us good coverage, and I thought, well, man alive, uh, why don't they cover some good news about the church being 40 years old and how we started? And I wasn't looking for any personal attention. And, and I, was just, I just felt like the, the liberal news didn't want a conservative church to have any kind of headlines. So the headlines was about a kidnapping that wasn't even real. And then the, the, head, the headlines was about a guy that's starting a, a, a transportation service. I said, how did, he get, how did he get that free advertisement? And then the headlines of all headlines is uh, some dog was found on somebody's roof and they called him Shingles and they wanted him to... They wanted him to be adopted. That's front page of our wonderful paper. I think it's good news the church lasted 40 years, amen? I believe it's good news we're still together. But you know, uh, I can't get upset because the world, they don't seem to be thinking that it's such good news. But I want to tell you something, I'm a little prejudiced towards the church. I think it's the greatest news in the world. I think it's the greatest place to be. I think it's the most exciting place to be a part of because it's God's eternal word. And the world hates it. The world thinks it's not necessary. The world, there was more people watched the Super Bowl than was in church. And why didn't you tape it, praise God? There's modern technology, amen. I know a Christian uh, quarterback won the game, praise the Lord. By the way, I took my Georgia uh, golf bag back and traded in for an Alabama bag. I just want to let you know that. I, really, I thought Bobby would like that, amen. <laughs> anyway, the world, the word. Some of y'all don't smile about nothing. I mean, I can, I can just say the funniest things. Y'all. I mean, that's encouraging, praise the Lord. Amen. I don't care if you smile or not, as long as you breathe. But listen, word, it's, 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 it had a ring to it. Not man's record of his attempt to find God, but it's God's record of, man, of God has done to seek and to save the lost. The word's a gift. Because God paid the price. Don't you hate to get behind when you read the Word of God? You're trying to read the Word of God through. You know, you got five chapters to do instead of two. Man, I tell you what, it happened to me the other morning. I said, boy, I've got to catch up. I've got to catch up. And then as I read it, it was such a blessing. It was such a, a blessing. It wasn't just catching up and trying to check off a date. But it's just a blessing to have the Word of God to read. And we ought to read it every day. We ought to pray over it. We ought to actualize it prayerize it, and we ought, to, we ought to let it become a part of our life and graft it in our soul. When we, when we cease to appreciate the Word of God as a precious gift, we won't look at it as good food. Amen? How many has got a favorite food you just look forward to? Amen? My wife ever fixes uh, homemade biscuits. It's just a, it's a happy day. <laughs> because I eat too many of them. And the gravy, oh man. You can eat breakfast or supper just for those biscuits, you know. And man, I tell you what, that's the way the Word of God ought to be. It ought to be fresh, hot bread, say amen. Amen? Not this uh, Bisquick stuff. Amen? <laughs> I mean, it's like Hardee's, amen. It's good. It's, it's a little grease in there somewhere. It's, it's real. Folks, the Holy Ghost has given us the Word of God, but God gave it to His Son, and His Son passed it to us. And he said, I'm going to make you my disciples if you love and appreciate the Word of God. Number three, this prayer teaches the Word generates faith. Look at verse eight, last phrase. And they have believed that thou didst sent me. That's pretty good, isn't it? That's pretty good. Excuse me, I don't know why anybody would want to be sending me anything during a service, amen? I'm so sorry, I apologize. I'm just, that's, that's iPad, not phone. God. Get in church. But anyway, listen. <laughs> Why believe, uh, the word generates faith. They believe that thou didst sent me. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. Uh, the Bible says in Romans 10, 8, it's the word of faith. God's commandments are, are also enablements. Amen. He gives us power. Sharpen any two-edged sword to divide asunder the 
facades of our life and we get to the heart. Folks, the Word of God is powerful. It's sharp. It's, 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 it's equipping you to be His disciple. And then the Word of God also reveals Christ to us. Look at verse 7. It says, Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. It's holy. It's holy. I like the holy Word of God. You know, I know you can bring your phone and read your phone, but there's something about this black book that says Holy Bible. I had a Schofield the other day, and uh, I think it might be this one, and it had the S marked off, uh, scrubbed off of it, and it said Cofield Bible. I said, man, i got to get a new Bible. I want anybody to think I wrote the thing. It's Schofield, old Schofield Bible. But it's not just an old Schofield Bible, it's the Holy Word of God. Amen? And we need to cherish it, and we need to read it, we need to obey it. It's a scripture that bears witness of me, the Bible says. John 5, 39. Folks, it reveals how rich we are in Christ Jesus. John 13, 3. And then fifthly, the Word of God, the Word of God gives assurance. The Word of God gives assurance. Uh, disciples knew that Jesus was the Son of God. And folks, if you don't read the Word of God, you will have doubt. Look at John 4, 42. John 4, 42. And I'll make this point and we'll go. John 4, 42. After a couple more points. It says this. And said unto the woman, Now we believe not because of thy sayings, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this indeed the Christ Know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. He said, now we believe not because of, uh, of thy sayings, but we have heard him ourselves. They heard God's word themselves. Folks, the word of God is miraculously pungent. And folks, if you'll open your heart, the Bible says, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. How do you know you're saved? How do you know you can be saved? Because the Word of God tells you you're a sinner, number one. The Word of God tells you that you're falling short of the glory of God, but the Word of God also says the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. There's so many people who want to get good enough to be saved, and you'll never get saved until you drop that facade and say, I can't get good enough, but you took my place. It's a divine gift. And so the Word of God gives assurance. Now let's get back to the disciples' um, uh, qualifications or the disciples' uh, precepts. We see, number four, that the disciple receives the word and believes. The word's like a seed. Uh, God prepares the heart for the word. But we can harden our heart, Hebrews 3, 7. Take care how you listen, Luke chapter 8, verse 18. The way you treat the Word is the way you treat God. If you ignore or neglect God's Word, you're treating carelessly the Word of God, folks, admitting to God that He's not very important in your life. It's despising the Word of God. It's taking it for granted. I want you to look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, and I hope this is, will be said of your life and our life and all our church life. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and verse 13. The Bible says this, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as of the truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believed. Folks, you've got to trust that this is the book. This is the book. This is the word. This is the inspired gift of God to you to reveal God to you. And folk, to be an effective disciple, you must pin on the Word of God and take close attention. That's why I take it very serious over these 44 years in the full-time ministry and probably about 48 years of preaching. I take it very serious what I'm doing. I don't believe this is some speech. I don't think this is just some kind of little Bible lesson. I believe it's God's Word speaking to you and to me. i got three fingers pointing back at myself. 
It's God's gift to us. The Spirit does not give new revelations apart from the Word of God. He gives us divine illumination of the Word of God as He shows the truth and and the application of that truth. And then fifthly, uh, a disciple keeps the Word. Look at verse 6. It says, And I have manifested thy, thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world, and they were, and, and they were, and, they, and the, thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. I want to say obedience is not the very best way. Obedience is the only way. The only way you're going to be a disciple is to be obedient. Kept means obey. It means receive the word, believe the word, and act upon the word, appreciate the word, esteem it high, and apply it. And folks, listen, if you think it's trifle, if you think it's insignificant, and many people do because they don't come faithful, they really believe that the word of the boss is more important tomorrow than the word of God tonight. So they rest up for work and don't come to church on Wednesday night. And I want to tell you something, a true disciple is much more than a learner. He lives. I almost said he's a liver. He lives what he learns. Amen. Uh, I was talking to Brother Gary yesterday. I texted him, and boy, he called me up and talked forever. He just wanted to talk to somebody. And he was telling me how appreciative he was for all the prayers from our church. Now, he watched some of the anniversary Sunday, and he says, Come Sunday morning, I'm going to preach. I am just hankering to preach. I said, Brother Gary, be careful. There's a lot of junk going around. Don't catch it. Because you, you cannot fend it off. He says, I'll tell you what, if I have to preach with one of those nurses masked on, I'm preaching. I said, okay, God bless you. I hope you'll be okay. Just don't shake hands, be real, real unfriendly, and just preach and leave. You know, I said, if you have to. I said, because I don't want you to catch the flu, because the flu would kill him. And he said he would. But he, was, he said, I'm just hankering it inside. That's what he used the word, to preach. I said, well, that's good, but we got to be wise. And, and, and uh, he said, just pray for that liver so I can get through all this stuff. I said, I'm doing it, brother. Praise God. And folks, that's exactly how we ought to receive it. We ought to be so excited about Sunday. We ought to be so excited about Wednesday night. We ought to be so excited about Sunday night. Folks, it ought, we ought to count the hours not to our favorite TV program. Even the good doctor will endorse wrong things. Amen? I mean, you, Hollywood's not going to feed you like the Word of God's going to feed you. Hollywood is corrupt. If you don't believe it, look at their marriages lately. Look at their lifestyle. They always advocate. I wouldn't watch the Grammys if God made me. But I watched the highlights of it, and all it was was a political discourse against conservatism. Not just Trump. I mean, folks, liberals are liberals, and they're wicked. Why? Because they don't believe life began at conception. They don't believe church is important. They don't believe in God. That's a liberal. And we're not liberals. We're conservative, independent, fundamental Baptists by conviction. You might not know that. You might not even realize why you are joined this church. But I want to tell you something, folks. You need to... Realize that we need to keep and guard the Word of God and not compromise it. And not apologize for it and definitely don't try to Hollywoodize it. And be colloquial and contemporary and cool. Folks, God's disciples have never been cool. They've been called. I know we, have, we don't have to be brass and untactful and weird and, you know, out of date. But we need to be not like the world. There needs to be a difference. And I don't apologize for preaching that because the Word of God says disciples come out from the world and the world hates them. I don't think we ought to be hateful. But folks, no matter how loving you are, the world's never going to accept you. I need to be reminded of that every day of my life. Because I think everybody ought to love me. <laughs> and I think everybody ought to love you but they don't. They hate what you stand for. And by the way, you're not, you're, not so, you're not so important they hate you. They hate the one you represent. But you ought to love the one you represent. And you ought to love his word. I was talking to the couple this morning that got saved a week ago in the counseling session. I said, I said to his wife, do you think he meant it? Oh, yes, he meant it. 
He said, because I had over 100 people praying for my husband. And I've been praying since we got married. Because he told me right before we got married, he was saved. And now, then, he, then after we got married, he says, nope, I'm not saved. <laughs> he said, I've been praying ever since. And I said, Lord, God, I'm glad to hear he's saved. Why wasn't y'all in church Sunday? That was the first question. Y'all listening? He said, well, one of them had the flu, one of the daughters. I said, okay. So, folks, listen, it's a valuable treasure. I want to close with three verses out of Psalms 119. You knew I was going to get there. Psalms 119, verse 72. Maybe four verses. I've got to read 160. But this is how you ought to treasure the Word of God. Psalms 119, as a disciple, this is God's Word given to Jesus, and Jesus gave it to us through holy men of God, inspired by the Holy Spirit to write these things down. This is a holy book. This is a holy Bible. This is a holy word. It's truth from above. Psalms 119 and verse 72. Real quick. Y'all been such attentive congregation. I appreciate you. Everybody's there except me, but you're not talking. Psalms 119, and I want you to look at verse 72. The law of thy mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver. Whew. If you ever get where the Word of God is more important than you, money, you're growing. Amen? If the Word of God comes before you for your money, you're growing. Hey, friend, listen. Do you get, do you get uh, last night, I was taking y'all up on that uh, free foot massage, and I, I finally took my wife, and I said, come on, you've got you to experience this. They don't speak English. They don't know what... They don't know who we are. We don't know who they are. But man, they'll make your feet feel, feel great. And I remember I was sitting there on this low couch because they're all Chinese. They're little, little people, you know. I was down there low couch. And man, I got up and I left my wallet in the couch. Boy, I panicked. You know, the first thing you do when you get up, you make sure it's still there. Amen. And that guy went in Chinese, your wallet is on the couch. I said, what is he saying? I said, I just want a 30-minute foot massage, man. Come on, get with it. He said, you're, in Chinese, now, your wallet is on the couch. And I said, praise God. I looked around, there was that wallet just laying there. Thousands of dollars in it. No, not really. And, and I, thought, I thought, man, I'm glad I found my wallet. Amen. Have you ever lost your wallet? Have you ever lost your credit cards? Have you ever lost your money? I want to tell you something, folks. We ought to treasure this book more and more wallet. Well, not live home without it. Let me give you another example. You ever lost your... It's the end of the world, isn't it? Praise God, where's it at? In the middle of the night, ring it, honey. I can't, it's not there. You go out in the car and the ice cold wind's hitting your... You're looking for it, amen? Then you go find a phone and you find it. Oh, it's at the church. I wonder if it'll be all right till I get there in the morning. Did Jason lock the doors? Our phone is not more important than the Word of God. Amen? Facebook is not more important than His book. Matter of fact, our face ought to get in His book. Amen? That'll preach. But I want to tell you something, friend. God help us with all the distractions. Then Psalms 119, verse 127. Look at it. Therefore I love thy commandments above gold, yea, above fine gold. Then look at Psalms 119, verse 162. 162. It says, I rejoice at that word is one that finds great spoil. How many of you won the lottery? Raise your hand. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Some people think that was the greatest thing that ever happened to them if they won the lottery. Most people win the lottery have terrible lives after they win the lottery. And they usually lose it. Matter of fact, the NFL football players and the NBA football players are not happy people unless they're right with God. Amen? But I want to tell you something, friend. You ought to be more excited about the Word of God than the greatest sale in the world. Amen? I've never seen so many cars in my life at Kmart parking lot now. They never have anybody there. But man, they're selling out now. It's 60%. All the junk they got, 70% off. And people are flocking in there, buying everything they don't need. It don't matter if it's their size. It's just 70% off, man. I found a great spoil. I'll, I'll, I'll lose 50 pounds and get into this T-shirt. It's 70% off. 
or I'll gain some weight. That's why I get those triple X and work up to it, amen? But uh, listen, listen, friend, listen to me. It's, uh, the Word of God's more important than the greatest cell you'll ever find. Amen? I like to brag about the great finds I find at yard sales. You know, I, I got them all over my house. You know, my wife says, oh, no, if you bring a, another piece of junk home and clutter up this house, but I like, you know, I said, this is my, you know, this is one of my best buys right here. Praise God, you know. It's a thing that attaches to a, a little can of spot remover, and you don't have to bend down to pick the spot. You just, it's, you know, you can both sides, it's, it's 25 cents for that thing. Man, I treasure that thing. My daughter-in-law's borrowed right now. I said, now you be careful with my 25 cent spot remover with a handle, Amen. Wonderful spoil, amen? But folks, the Word of God ought to be more precious to us than the greatest thing we'd ever find. Some people pay more attention to their dog than they do the Word of God. They worry about them more than the Word of God. Folks, if you miss one day not reading your Bible and praying over it and meditating over and obey it, it ought to alarm you. Amen? Prayer and the Word of God. It's a divine couplet in your life. I want to give you just one more verse. If I can just find it. Verse 161. Princesses have persecuted me without a cause, but my heart standeth in awe of thy word. Folks, we've lost the awe of his word. Jesus is praying. Shh, shh. Jesus is praying. What's he praying about? He's praying about them being his disciples. And he's saying the best way to defend the faith and the Bible, men, is to practice it, to live it, to obey it, to have deep communion of obedience, to follow me no matter how tough it gets, no matter if you give your life. That's where the word witness comes from, the Greek word martyr. And folks, he's saying, listen, I have called you to be obedient, not motivated by anything but love. And I've called you out of this world, and then verse 18 and 20, in closing, to share the Word of God. The Bible says he's praying now. Listen to what he's praying. Verse 18, John 17, he said, And thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. He's praying Lord, the very reason I came to this world, I'm sending them into the world. Look at verse, to explain it more, verse 20. Neither pray I these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Them is you. He said, I'm praying for those that, them also which shall believe on me through their word. Through the disciples' words, we believed. And folks, he's praying for us. But he's praying for us not to just be self-contained, satisfied church members. He's calling us to be disciples to take the gospel to the world, to be missionaries, to be ambassadors, to folks be uh, thrilled about the, the, the uh, opportunity to be not just some reservoir, but a gushing, flowing fountain of God's Word and God's Spirit and God's truth and to get the Word of God to a lost and dying world before it's too late. God didn't call you to be a disciple to bask in the glory of being a disciple. God called you to be a disciple to glorify Him and to spread His Word. Let's pray. Father, thank You for this prayer. and Thank You, God, that You prayed that we'd receive the Word, that we'd guard and obey the Word. But God, we'd not only just guard it, but we'd share it. and We'd be a testimony of faith and assurance. We're not called to be part of the world, but we're called to take the word to the world. 